What's going on, everybody? Nice. <laughs> you just uh, nailed that drum. We are man. the Comprehensive Beatdown. I'm Balaga Bonilla. I'm Silent G. And episode 99. Can right? you believe it? That's right. Oh, my God. Uh, this is what we work for, people. Um, this is it. This is yep. the last episode. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to do that 100th episode. Nope. It's got to be a comeback. You know, yeah, the I, comeback uh, that no one wanted. The comeback that nobody cared about. <laughs> the comeback that nobody ever knew he left. Right. But yeah, here we so are. So here we are uh, yeah. on a special daytime episode, uh, weekend episode. Right. Um, we're recording. Day of rest episode. Yeah, we're recording a little differently this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no Con Air on TV, so... Maybe there is. <laughs> Maybe I spoke too soon. Why don't you tell them where to find us, and I'll try um, to find Con Air. So while we're looking for Con Air online, y'all definitely check us out. <laughs> um, find us on Satchel Player. Find us at uh, dopemedianetwork.com. Find us on fate, Facebook, Comprehensive Beatdown. Wow, you almost said fake book. Fake book. Did you mean to do that? Uh, yeah, I did. Wow, what no, a political... Did I? I don't don't get so political so early in the podcast. Um, find us uh, on Twitter, at Comp Beatdown. Send us an email, ComprehensiveBeatdown at Gmail. Uh, check us out on iTunes and um, not on SoundCloud. Definitely on Satchel Definitely Player. Definitely on Satchel. Uh, and... Um, Anyway, so... We haven't remembered to do that at the beginning of the yeah, podcast no, we in a long time. But I want to do... I want to use this real quick yep. to send a, a, a kind of a sneak disc at uh, Ryan Schreiber, the founder and editor-in-chief of Pitchfork. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I prolonged this uh, vinyl club, right? Every uh-huh. month they send me records. Uh, it's always pretty cool. Um, I get about six a year that I care about. Yeah. Six a year that suck ass, mm-hmm. so... Um, it's not bad. Normally, the six that are like I got Fiona Apple's title, which has never been on vinyl. Interesting. Before, so that was I know cool. you've discovered a couple things before yeah. that you ended up liking. Yeah. So, but <laughs> so they did like an interview with him, right? He's the founder and editor in chief of Pitchfork. And <laughs> here's his quote It's so Pitchfork. Vinyl has always been a part of my life. Since I was a little kid, I was obsessed with music and I used to buy records with my allowance. That's his mother. That's his. That's his quote. I'm cooler than you. I'm cooler than you because when I was a kid, I used to use my allowance to yeah. buy vinyl. I was privileged enough to get money from my parents. Yeah. To buy so vinyl I could with. buy freaking Duran Duran records. He's fucking lying. You know? That's a yeah. lie. He's We've an determined. And the picture of him, I've never really paid attention, but he's. A I don't cooler. even know what he looks like. Yeah, check this jerk out. I'll try to describe it to Look. everyone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. He looks like what I imagine, like, most white dads look like. He's kind of got like that Jack Black from High Fidelity, but in the suburbs kind of look to him, you know? <laughs> yeah, you guys check him out. That's our mortal enemy, and that's the first time I've ever uh, and seen And he's wearing, like, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I'm giving this clown. Awesome. Uh, all the time. But uh, we're about to get into kind of a special episode, I guess, for me. We're going yeah. to check out um, an album from a very good friend of mine, uh, Serene Poems. Thank you all for he did in. with a producer from over in the UK called Tarum. The, the album is called A Pond Apart, Tarum on the beach. which and is a great we will, album uh, title. Yeah. 
we'll I'll definitely share some some stuff throughout this episode. Yeah, so I'm looking um, for you to talk a lot because this is uh, your friend, and yeah. I haven't listened yet. I yeah. was coming in. Trying, um, so. This album was put out on Elect Records, uh, also a record that my uh, record label that a friend of mine owns, uh, Josh, and they put out a lot of stuff. Um, he was kind of the kind of a pioneer in the and I hate to use this coin but, or coin this but people do but he was a pioneer really in the Christian hip hop like underground scene uh-huh. like not the hokey gospel gangsters like right. artists that would kind of rip off a mainstream sound and do it yeah. but I'm talking about like real like MCs and stuff like that which just happens a decent scene of, yeah. like, of several people have yeah. come out of that you know um, so Josh started this uh, Elect Records. Uh, he had a website that's gone on for years, man. Uh, Sphere of Hip Hop. Uh, message boards on there used to be, I mean, I used to go between the OK Player message boards and the message boards there, you know. Wow. And um, so, yeah, a lot of artists came, kind of rose out of that scene, like that website. A lot of artists were, got worked together and stuff. Uh, uh, very similar to the way OK Player did for that sound. Early 2000s, that far yeah, back. Yeah, man. Um, I can't remember the year that he started that label. It might have been late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Or I mean that that website. Um, but he's been around for a minute. Um, worked with different record labels and everything, and then finally had the opportunity to, to he's do. From California? No, he's in. Um, I believe he's from Minnesota. That's where he's at now, so uh, if, that, if that's not accurate, Josh, I, I apologize. Yeah, we haven't done much Minnesota stuff. <laughs> um, but um, Serene, of course, is uh, from L.A. Symphony, uh, uh, underground collective in L.A., uh, hip-hop collective, I mean, Pigeon John, Flynn, Cookbook. You know, it's a collective of a bunch of different artists. Yeah. And um, he used to go by Charlotte Poems back in the day. Uh, it's changed, kind of changed his moniker a couple times, but Serene Poems has kind of stuck for a while. Uh, so, yeah, good dude. Uh, very distinct voice. Uh, Certainly, Ryan. His uh, his rhymes are pretty impeccable. He's got great timing. Yeah, you know. Anyway, I'll let well, you listen yeah. a little bit while I'm done talking. <laughs> and this is the opening track called "Open." Um, so he he's done a couple of these projects where he's worked with other producers and kind of crafted sounds with just like particular producers. Uh huh. Um, which always works out really well. I just want to take one minute because we didn't say it in the beginning. That opening track we listened to before we got in the album is by an artist named Iconica. Um, it's a female electronic artist from London, I believe. Um, it's an album. I forget the name of the album. It's one I've really been enjoying. I think it's called Distraction. Um, but yeah, I listened to the whole album and then was looking up information about it and realized it was a female producer, Dope. which is really great to see in the world of electronic music, which tends to be very bro-y, you know? Yeah. So that's Iconica, I-K-O-N-I-K-A. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard there, check out the album. I got the link up for you and everything. All right, just wanted to say that. I Click the link. To say that. Click the link. 
your sound. Circus clown in the child sides, Minnie Cooper. Begging all wax, talking about you a shooter. This is walk and talk. Solo, uh, Serene is, uh, sorry, call Solo. Uh, anyway, Serene is, uh, he's from Long Beach originally, uh, and you hear him talk about that a lot. He lives in Michigan now, um, has a wife and child, and, uh, you know, a little family life going on, and kind of stepped away from music for a little while, but, like most people, it's in their blood. They just can't stay away from yeah. it, you know. And, and um, just still making good music. So it's really dope to see him kind of evolve. Yeah, I dig this a lot. So how did you guys become friends? Um, well, when I was with, when I was doing the stuff with the professionals, LA Symphony came out to L or came out to Colorado for a show at the Boulder County Fairgrounds. And it was the percussions in them. I can't. There might have been a couple other local acts. And um, so just met all the guys then, right? Right. And then once everybody kind of moved out to Los Angeles, we all pretty much hung out and, and you know kind of did a lot of stuff together. I actually uh, was fortunate enough to put on a couple of events and help um, Serene, you know, with some things progressing uh there's one point where you know we we're we we're gonna work together on a business aspect you know kind of business side of things i guess but uh right. you know i never really fully jumped into that side of stuff so. yeah um but i always you know did whatever i could to lend a hand uh he's a great dude man really good person um so yeah i always hope for the best for him and, and uh, supported him no matter what he did right yeah, he was uh, several projects out there that he's done. Um, this takes us into tears. This is done. Yeah. Strapped to a bomb on the front of a train that full steam is called terrorism. Don't ever call that Godspeed. Murder being rewarded is something I won't believe. How you gain paradise by making nations grieve. Streets run red with a million moments of innocence. We're sitting born. I hope they all were prepared for this. My heart is extra long. But I think he's, he's, looking, uh, he's looking to get out on tour and, and do some stuff. Um, I told him there, if there's anything I can do to help him down this way, we try to get him out here. Yeah, we can definitely do something. Also, I, I, I know we'll probably put the link up to this album. I'm going to put the link up to another album that he did, too. Um, back in the day, there's a group out of Atlanta called Mars Hill. The producer, the producer and DJ is DJ Dust. They did a they did a project. I think it ended up only coming out in Japan. But um, it is really, really, really good. I remember that was uh, one of the groups like searching hard for yeah. trying to find their stuff because it was so elusive in the yeah. early days of the uh, internet music thing. I forgot all about them. I haven't thought about them in years. Yeah, the, the name of the group is PND, um, and the, the album was Dirty Words. I, I, he might have put it out here on his own, but I know it I know it came out in Japan. It had right. a release. Um, sorry, sometimes my mind. 
mind doesn't work. It's hard for me to remember some of this stuff. Being old. But um, it's a really good album. Uh, probably one of my favorite albums out of that time. I think they put that out maybe 08, 09, something like that. Do you have it on your hard drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you send it to your boy? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, but anybody that knows anything about Marzil, one, if you don't, go check them out. Um, Manchild, the, the MC in the group, is phenomenal. He's one of the most technically, like, just perfect MCs out there. But DJ Dust is a really great producer who kind of in Atlanta gets a lot of love and within that music scene gets a lot of love. Yeah. But, um, creates some really great stuff um, that, that uh, should definitely check out. And um, yeah, I'll put the link up for that album somewhere. Excellent. And this song is featuring, was that Elias? Elias. Elias. All right, so there's no Con Air. Boo. The best I can do is Titanic, it looks like. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> That's been on TV a lot, and I've actually watched it a few yeah. times, like just bits and pieces, you know. That is just one horrible movie. Man, look, one of my good friends back in high school when that movie came out, like, went and saw it multiple times. Really? Yeah, multiple times. Uh, like four or five. And I'm not sure why. Um, I took the girl I was dating to see it in the theater and acted like I was touched. Yeah. But, you know. You know. Where meanwhile, you just kind of inside, you're cheering as like Leonardo's like down, like yeah. body like floats down just to the abyss. Just climb on the fucking thing, man. Yeah. Like there's an easy end to all yeah. of this. But I acted touched because I was trying to get touched in the movie theater, and <laughs> I don't think that happened. That uh, never works out the way you want it, it to. Never, you know? It never works out the way yeah. you want it to. This is Breeze featuring Red Pill. Yeah, I saw little, Red Pill. Is a, there's a little yes. uh, Michigan uh, connection. I like Red Pill a lot. Yeah, like I like him a lot, a lot. That last, that album he put out was. I thought it was great. Really good. And you listen to New Perceptionist album, right? Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Because as much as I like those guys, I, you know, that first album they put out, it was just exciting because they did it, but it wasn't really that good. There yeah. weren't that many good songs on it. I thought this one, it's been, what, 11 years or 12 years? And I thought they just nailed it for a Perceptionist album in 2017. I like this little Mr. Lip resurgence we have going on. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see. Yeah, it is. What you want ain't everything you need. Put the media on hold and watch your speakers breathe. Turn the TV up for a while. Turn the stereo up and enjoy the sound. Put your cell phone down. Let the music play. Reflect on you and see that you okay. Live in the moment of a day this guy I'm hoping for some con air in the higher channels. Sometimes that happens. Nope. Sorry, guys. You ever watched this tuna fishing show before? 
No. All right, so most of these guys are like based in Massachusetts, and it's just hunting or fishing these big like tuna, and they get paid massive amounts of money for them because they're like the ser not like not like the tuna steaks you buy at the store, but like the serious like restaurant like five star restaurant grade tunas. Yeah. Um, but I love it because there's it's just kind of like deadliest catch where they follow a fleet around for a season. Yeah. So there's two different boats that are huge fish fans, like the band fish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so you told me a little bit about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they just make references all the time. Yeah. Their dogs are named after fish songs. This one <laughs> dude's like 450-pound dready, dready white dude that's really funny. This guy right here? No, no. He's only about 300, it looks like. You got to wait. Let's see this guy. I'm not making fun of anyone's weight, but this guy is just massive, this dude here. Turn the TV up for a while. Turn the stereo up. That dude. So what do they get for the tuna? So, you know, a good one they'll catch will be like, shit, like a couple hundred pounds or something. Yeah. And on the high end, they'll sometimes get from the buyer with the, I think the head's off and a couple of the fins are off and everything else is intact up to like $25, $30 a pound like oh from the person buying it based on how they grade it or whatever yeah. they bring it in. Wow. Sometimes it's as low as like 15 to 18 or something like that, still. you know, but still, <laughs> yeah, their whole seasons are made on catching like 10 fish, you know, um, yeah. the right fish, but it's a stupid show. I don't even know why I watch this shit. <laughs> lo I love the these shows on the animal references. planet. Well, I love these shows on the animal planet. I just love like seeing the animals on TV, you know? Yeah. Especially when they're like chopping their head off to make sushi out of it. And it's pretty <laughs> awesome. All right. So this is TikTok. Watching the second hand move swiftly around the clock. Tick tock. One, two, three o'clock. Tick tock. Four, five, six o'clock. Tick tock. Seven, eight, nine o'clock. Tick tock. Ten, eleven, twelve o'clock. Tick tock. It don't and it won't stop. Let's see what's on ESPN. It's been all sappy, long form shows today, like E60s and stuff. Yeah. I don't want my heartstrings tugged. <laughs> Not today. Uh-uh. Don't tug my heartstrings. Yeah, I'm trying to do this and then go lay back in bed for a while. It's have you Sunday. uh have you watched uh, any of the new season of Last Chance You? No, it's uh I was I'm gonna start it tomorrow. Okay. I love that first season. Yeah. I thought it was good. Since I teach community college, I a lot of that was familiar to me. Like yeah. football players coming in and needing help to get through classes. Man, speaking of Netflix shows, I like to watch stuff on my iPad at the gym, like yeah. when I'm doing cardio. And I started that Friends from College show. You heard of that one? Mm. It's got like, I think it's Peel of Key and Peel and Colby Smolders from How I Met Your Mother and um, Fred Savage. It's about this group okay. of friends. They were friends in college and they all end up back in New York together and they hang out. One of the husbands is sleeping with one of the friend's wives or whatever and has been for like 20 years or some shit. So anyway, I watched the first three episodes of it and could not keep watching it. I literally think it's the worst show I've, that I've seen that Netflix has produced really? before. Yeah. Wow. Um, now I've seen some bad reviews on it. I've seen some other friends that really like it. But that's the, I think that's the first Netflix show I ever 
quit watching and have no intention of going back. Going back. Yeah, at least in the first, there's been like second seasons where I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. I don't want to watch this. But literally, didn't even get through the first season. Yeah. Netflix is so good. I'm sure there's something on that show that I'm missing. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that because so the reason I'm gonna start Last Chance You is because I need a new gym show. Yeah. And friends from college uh, lost yesterday, um, and so Monday is gonna be Last Chance You. Friends for college is out. Have you seen that Friday Night Tykes show no. um, about the Texas Youth Football League? No. <laughs> Uh, my sister-in-law had me watching a couple episodes last weekend. It's hilarious. I mean, it's kind of sad, you know, because it's basically like Little League football in Texas. You know how serious yeah. they are about that. Just these coaches berating these, like, 10-year-old football players and shit. Like, six-day-a-week practices. And, uh, it was, like, morbidly creepy to be watching that. It's like varsity blue, but yeah. that's what I said. Yeah, but even younger. I mean, these poor yeah. Oh kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Varsity Blues is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> God damn it, that shit's so good. All right, we're gonna go into growing. Dude, how about that transition? Oh yeah. Featuring Catafent. I don't know Catafent. Is that who's singing? Love that beat. I think she's from Chicago. Oh, the other new album I wanted to mention while we're here that we won't do on the podcast, uh, the new Tyler, the Creator album. Yeah. Have you listened to it? Uh, I have. I thought it was really good for him. Yeah. I've never, I'm way bigger Earl Sweatshirt fan. That's always yeah. been the, the stance I take, but. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan, but. Um, it's a pretty mature yeah. album yeah. for him. Um, He's had kind I of not left that whole odd future. Yeah. So that's probably the best thing you can have. Had I not read the reviews, that I did that were talking about it I probably would have just missed it um, yeah. but I did give it a chance because I read some good stuff about it but I liked it I thought it was really cool but I couldn't uh, also listen to him this the Sky Zoo album oh uh, yeah you know I was talking about that with you the other night I missed that one I just added that on Spotify I don't know how I missed that Sedifant voice here. Yeah. Sedifant, Sedifant. Uh, Catifant. Catifant. Oh, I see. That's an A, not an E. I can't see for shit. Damn. <laughs> Catifant. <laughs> so it's like part cat, part elephant. Yes. Now I get it. Uh, <laughs> I think her name is Catherine. Something like that. Oh. She's got an EP. Let me see if I can find it. She's got like an EP. Uh, half Dead is the name of it. Uh, it's cool. I heard uh, there's a another rapper out of like Las Vegas that I like. He's on, I think he signed to Humble Beast. Uh, Jay Givens. Uh, she did a song with him that was really, really good. 
such a beautiful sound and um, um, one of the guys from Lightheaded does the production for her um, and she has lots EP out in yeah. 2015 it looks like yep. Half Dead I do want to say when I'm typing into the search on Spotify I entered in C-A-T and the first thing that came up was a band called Catfish and the Bottleman huh I kind of think I should listen to them out of general principle. Just out of that, I mean, that's might be very serious. Well, I guess they're pretty popular. Some of their songs have 45 million listens. Oh gosh! All right, well, how'd you miss them? I don't know, man. There's <laughs> this is yeah, this is not looking good for me. This is let's take a recap of everything Silent G has missed in the past year and a half. Recap. <laughs> One thing, uh, one of the one of my favorite things about Sareem is he he always picks these soulful kind of beats, and he sounds so good on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just his voice; it, it works perfectly on this kind of thing. And if you go back and listen to a lot of Zelda stuff, uh, Black and Red Out Loud, um, Left, Bloomin' Sounds, the P and D album. Mm-hmm. He's always, I mean, that's just, that's kind of, his, the stuff that sounds, ri- like the stuff that stands out is all, always that soulful kind of, maybe even like a female on the hook. Right. You know, just. I noticed know, that as we've been listening, I didn't. Jazz, jazz-ish yeah. kind of like vibe to it. And um, his, his voice just works perfectly with it. Yeah, um. I think that word soulful is a perfect description. Yeah. And right in, this yeah. is called Emotional Flood. So right into a little, looks like a little jazzy interlude. Yeah. Short little track. I like that a lot. I love the beats on this album. That's the great thing about the internet. You can get these artists from, you know, across the pond, like the album states, yeah. and, and they can work together, you know. Uh, most famously, of course, Foreign Exchange with Nicolay and Fonte mm-hmm. were able to kind of link together from, you know, two continents apart. Yeah. But um, there's this, I read this cool article the other day talking about the death of SoundCloud when it comes. Yeah. The biggest thing it's going to hurt is this exchange yeah. right now. It's um, kind of like this almost Colombian exchange kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah. not to bring, you know, uh, I would just colonialism like to go into this, but it yeah. does. It, yeah. There's this exchange. You know? I'd like to. I'd like to go on record to say SoundCloud. If you had acted right, you know, back in the day, and not, you know, screwed over the comprehensive beatdown, <laughs> maybe we've orchestrated would, this whole thing. Maybe things would have worked out better for you. <laughs> and I'd also like to tell Pitchfork to take note. Yeah. You know, because we're coming for we're you, coming uh, for you. Uh, allowance record buying guy. <laughs> <laughs> we got your ass. <laughs> An allowance. I'm going to something for you. Yeah. My parents allowed me to stay in that room in their house, <laughs> right. which I thought was pretty fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Allowance, guys. Yeah. Screw you. This is Rhythm featuring Jose Moore. Um, Another good Oze, guest. Yeah, Jose is one-third of the group Lightheaded. From back in the day, he used to rhyme under the moniker Othello. Really good like Shakespeare. And he's, uh, he, back in the day, here's an interesting story about Jose. Back in the day, he had the same manager 
as James Brown. Oh, really? Before James, you know, passed away. Uh-huh. So when James was doing the was doing those shows that was a couple years before he passed away, Jose was opening up for him. Interesting. So imagine that. I mean, wow. this kid, um, this underground rapper out of Seattle. Um, yeah, just manager put just so the James Brown shit. Yep. <laughs> Opening up for James Brown all over the world. You know? That's incredible. Um, we always got a good kick out of that. But that was awesome. And he's an incredibly talented dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, has a great sound. These guys, a lot of these guys in this, like, kind of run, this click, this, like, sound, did really big overseas. You know, not necessarily here, but you're talking about guys that can go to Japan and Europe. That's very true. And, and do runs. Oh, yeah. You know, or Australia. These guys could all do runs yeah. of shows. And a lot of them made made a living doing that, yep. you know, and, and have maintained their craft or, you know, their their art by doing that. Um, they love their underground hip-hop overseas. Yeah, man. and especially if it's got the jazzy sound to it, they're yeah. all over it. And Jose, um, he's also does some community stuff. I think he lives in Michigan now, too. Um, he's doing some community work, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, some grassroots kind of stuff. So shout out to him. Yeah, good stuff. And if you get a chance, definitely go check out uh, Lightheaded's music. And so Megawatts and uh, uh, Othello and my brain's cramping. Yeah, I don't think Sunday is the best day for us to do this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the one day a week I get to like do nothing. Right. Like without... yeah, I don't have to do anything but watch Game of Thrones tonight. Ooh, um, what'd you feel about the premiere? Uh, the first season? episodes were cool. Uh, last week's ended pretty awesome. Um, is this number three coming this up? This is tonight? episode three, yeah. And this is the last season? Is that what uh, I read? No, there's going to be one more season okay. after this. Um, but they've already lapped the books, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Braille. Braille's the other rapper. And, like, Braille. Duh. And he went on to start Humble Humble Beast, which is a label. And he signed like propaganda. Uh, he puts out his own stuff. Jay Givens. He signed several artists and done pretty well. Nice. Um, and they work pretty closely with Lecrae and his whole group of people, you know. Right. So Lecrae's another out. artist that came up out of that Christian underground. Yeah, he came kinda. later. Um, he came. He was kind of an offshoot. There's, uh, you know, there's kind of the, the younger kids that came after, like, the first wave. And um, they embraced the Christian hip-hop moniker a little bit more. Uh, yeah, we, I remember that. Like, That's right. We never embraced it. Man. We hated it. Um, you don't want that put on you, man. Yeah, well, because it, you know, no one wants to be, like, pigeonholed or no one wants to be put into a box. Yeah. And especially in a in a, a industry that's very... Um, well, back in our day, was five percenter driven. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the bigger artists, or you know, there's a big five percent stigma within, you know, especially the West or the East Coast uh, hip hop scene. But anyway, you ain't opening up no brand Nubian shows. Yeah, so you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be typecast like that, right. you know. And so, um, we felt or. The artists and, and we, I mean, people in the community felt like it was just a way to kind of push it, push everything to the side. Yeah. And um, 
you know, devalue what everybody was doing. But, right. I mean, I would put that run of some of these artists I've been talking about from, like, 2000 or even, like, 98 when, like, uh, LPG and stuff and the Tunnel Rats and those guys were coming out in L.A. But they were all going to the Good Brothers, and they were all part of, like, that whole clique. I mean, these guys right. were battle rappers that just happened to be, you know, Christians in their personal life. Right. So I'd, I'd take that run to, like, 2008, 2009 and put that up against any subgenre within hip-hop, you know, quality music-wise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's and interesting how that happens, because you think of, like, most rappers are fairly religious. You know, you're yeah. about 5% or stuff, Muslim stuff, and then Christian, Christianity is huge in hip-hop, you yeah. know, but... It's whoever decides if it's the artist that talks too much about their faith in an interview yeah. or, you know, yeah. makes a praise-type song. That can get you. And for whatever reason, the Christian moniker, you'd rather be labeled a gangster rapper than yeah. a Christian rapper, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's obvious. But it's just interesting how that works. When You can still, like, you know... Puff Daddy can win an Academy or a, a Grammy and stand up there and thank God for 20 seconds, but yeah. he's not a Christian rapper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then somebody says something, and especially the blogs, they get going. Because what happens is, you said it earlier, you don't want to get lumped in with the horrible Christian music, you yeah. know, that yeah, gets yeah. made fun of. You know, like, um, when I, was, I think I talked about it with the podcast last week when we had gone to see Sloss Fest. And yeah. The stages are set up, the two main stages are on this big field, so as we're standing there waiting for Run the Jewels to start, yeah. this other band's playing that I didn't know who they were, and I started reading about them. Turns out they got their start in the Christian rock area, but they're, of course, trying to get away from that now yeah. or whatever, you know. But then I looked up from my phone after I read that and then looked back at the crowd, and I was like, oh, now that I've read that, this looks like a big worship service instead of a concert. Yeah. It just looked different because yeah. I read that in read my that. brain immediately yeah. so I was like it didn't look like a striper show you remember them from the, yeah that was my <laughs> first course, concert yes. ever yeah <laughs> striper's the first band I ever saw live but um it wasn't like that but then I looked I was like this looks like a big like Christian conference end of the night you know it yeah. just it's crazy how my perception of their show changed yeah just by reading on Wikipedia that they came out of the Christian rock yeah. area. Yeah, so I didn't mean for that to happen, but I looked up. I was like, oh, my God, this is like a church service now, yeah. you know, and which it, I guess it was, and I didn't hear any of the lyrics or anything. But then you turn back around, and the Run the Jewels lights are getting going, yeah. and they're about to come out. Very fun juxtaposition, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a weird time to be, because you, you could go into Christian bookstores and buy, you know, you could buy Marzil, Propaganda, Tunnel Rats, yeah. uh, Future Shock, Percussions, uh, Static. You could buy all these guys' music, and so kids were getting introduced to rap through that because yeah. their parents, you know, used seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever years old, they're not gonna go to Sam Goody or whatever it was back then and buy you a rap right. album. You can pick a CD at the Christian bookstore, exactly. whatever it is. Exactly. They fetted everything, so it's got to be so okay. So it was. Yeah. So now you're seeing. Now we're seeing kind of some artists that were influenced by that starting mm. to come of age and yeah. stuff and um so it's pretty cool to see uh, especially in like the midwest and everything yeah. there's kind of a big uh, scribbling idiots is another crew that's um, awesome that's, they're kind of um 
don't know if they're all out of Kentucky, but they're kind of Midwest-centric. Um, theory has it. Like, really dope producers, part of that collective and everything. Yeah. And um, so you're seeing these artists that kind of grew up on that, but were still introduced to hip-hop through that. Yeah. Uh, Let me so ask you this. Thing. Uh, real quick, that was Get Up, track number nine. This is now After the Factory. Ooh, he said it for me. This is a really dope song. This is um, this is about Detroit. Oh, okay, um, that makes sense. And kind of... I want to go see that new movie about yeah. the Detroit riots. But yeah, this good. is pretty uh, pretty cool song for him to do. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, so it's interesting you said that because about the Christian bookstores. Yeah. Because I never... Have, I don't think I've ever been into a Christian bookstore. I wouldn't know the difference. Um, so I didn't realize that these artists were selling in Christian bookstores. Yeah. So if the label causes you derision and like mainstream press and maybe even booking and stuff like that is it worth it to get into that other side of the market where you're being sold in christian bookstores does it even out at the end or something or is it ultimately yeah. not as good um because the percussions albums you could still get at regular sure, record sure, 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 and sure. christian yeah, so yeah, i was just yeah. wondering if, if you it, it from really someone who was on the inside on, of it it really depends the percussions never really i don't think they ever really tried to put their music in christian bookstores it was just kind of you know, the, the wherever you buy your music from, whether it's uh, R.A.D. or, or um, uh, E.M.I., wherever you're buying your music from distribution-wise, you know, if you're ordering this stuff, they lump you into that and say, well, if you like Propaganda or if you like L.A. Symphony, um, you should carry this album, you know. And, and um, I mean, the percussions were signed to Rockus, you know, so oh, yeah, they weren't that's even... That's why I knew who they were. You know, so, and for one record, you know, for one record, um, anyway, they did everything else themselves. But, yeah, so uh, um, as artists, you want to sell your music as much as possible, right? I mean, you want to sell your, you want to sell as many records as possible. So, especially if you're an independent, if you're an independent. So, so do you think the sales out of, say, a Christian bookstore made up for the sales they weren't getting because people didn't want to buy them because they were labeled Christian? You know, I'm just asking you, someone who is, I know that's an impossible question to answer, yeah, it, but it's, it's hard it just popped into my head. Because um, look, as far as the percussions go, um, I had listened to them and seen them a couple times before I ever met you, and you were talking about how you worked with them, and then later you mentioned the Christian connection. Yeah. I had no idea no they idea. were even because part of that. Like, and they, no they stayed out of that really well. I mean, they toured with, with because they didn't make Christian hip-hop music. They made hip-hop music, and they were always adamant about that. The message came across came across in what they said, yeah. and came across in the lyrics, and came across in who they were and everything, but they never, they never felt like they needed to play that card. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't want people to listen to them just because they were a Christian hip hop group, and they didn't want people to pigeonhole them because Not of that as well. To them. So they, they, they were very much um, make their point just with their music, right? You know, and 
so they never they had a chance to sign with a Christian label um, a couple times actually and they, they never did it because they wanted to differentiate differentiate themselves yeah. with that and and too with that just like within hip hop comes like a certain stigma from the fans mm-hmm. you know so you got certain fans that are going to look at you and what you do and say oh why are you performing in a nightclub or why are you performing somewhere where they're serving beer or, right and, like that matters but you know you get that that certain right yeah. you know you know that certain right side of what whatever it is your fan base is yeah. and, and they're gonna always be critical of the things you do and, and no one ever wants that no one ever, nope. and no one ever wants to invite that um which is kind of where like that whole message board thing went back in the day with sphere of hip-hop is you you became you know you got these kids that came on it from beginning and then they started uh, um you know, you, you could tell where their family, you know, kind of how their family hierarchy and everything worked out. Right. You know, and the they're, um, you know, it was just a weird, weird kind of thing. Like they, they would, uh, on this you know, almost hate on the, the artists because they weren't Christian enough. Yeah. So, you know, there's so that, that whole, yeah, that was, a, that was always a thing. And that sucked, yeah. you know, because um, a lot of these guys, a lot of these artists, like, I, I would want my children to listen to, you know, because it's a lot of the boom bap and like a lot of the hip hop sound that I love. Right. Um, but the message is overly, it's positive. Um, but there's no lack of skills to offset that right. kind of thing, you know. So, um, I mean, it's stuff you you know you want your kids to listen to. Like, like it or not, I mean, I grew up listening to you know N.W.A. and, and you know Ice T and, and Too Short and that kind of stuff. And you know, it skewed me a certain way. You know, I mean, it it, it warped my it warped my sense of. Um, it just warped me a little bit, you know, as a kid. I still and, think it's okay to say bitch 50 times yeah. a day. That's definitely left over from when yeah. I was oh, 11. You know? I mean, absolutely. That's absolutely. horrible, but it's true. It's but, part uh, of it, you know. You know, I mean, I, you know, I love these guys. I love the music. We're on the last song here. Yeah. Well, the last, there's a couple remixes up after this. I don't know if you put those on here. Um, I was going to play the Stro remix okay. for the outro. 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 Um, but that's a really interesting point because, you know, I was, you know, I always think of, or what I've been thinking of while we've been talking about this is coming across as too Christian and what impact that has. And then there's the whole not being Christian enough, you know. Now, again, think if you're a 12-year-old kid, your parents buy you this album at the Christian bookstore and they tell you it's okay to listen to, and then four years later, you get a chance to go to their concert when you're in high school yeah. You're driving, you're gonna be able to go. But in your head, you've worked up this whole thing that they're just like me. They're abstaining from alcohol and they're gonna yeah. do whatever it takes to keep away from that. Yeah. Not understanding that the reality of the situation is if you want to get paid to make music and not have a church pay you to do it, you gotta do it in a bar pretty yeah. much, you know, at that yeah. level. Oh, so absolutely. then yeah, so then brings in that whole thing of not living up to the fans' expectations yeah. based on where they got, you know, from. It's and it's the same thing when you listen to a rapper. Like you were just talking about the ones we listened to when we were young, and then you NWA fan forever, and then you yeah. finally see that picture of Dr. Dre in the sequin suit. You know, yeah. like yeah. this dude's not a gangster. Yeah. You know, but most of us didn't give it up, give up on him because of that. You yeah. know, but I know it's it's got to be a tenuous relationship with these kids who are 
coming with these expectations, and then it is. they have to, or their parents won't let them go to the show because it's yeah. at a bar, even though yeah. it's all ages. You know, that's oh, absolutely. That's wild, um, it, it's it's definitely some. I don't know. It, it was an interesting time. I wouldn't trade, you know, kind of what what happened during then yeah. for nothing. Um, I miss it a little bit every now and then. Uh, not not making any money, but right. <laughs> But uh, it was, man, it was a lot of fun and a lot of really great people, um, you know, came out of that. The whole LA Symphony crew, uh, Solo, you know, Flynn, and, you know, all those guys, Cookbook and Omas, they're all like incredible people. Yeah. They do great things in their regular life, you know, good family people and everything. And, um, you know, and, and, but you still got, and just to, to flop a little bit, yeah. uh, I've mentioned Propaganda a couple of times. He still makes really good music. Uh, he's still making really good albums. He has a new album called Crooked that came out a couple weeks ago. But this is a guy that challenges, he's a, a Christian man, but he challenges, challenges modern Christianity and modern Christianity beliefs. Um, and he's a teacher. Uh, he's done, um, he had a song on his last album called Board of Education. Uh-huh. And it was bored, like actually bored of oh, education. Oh, I get it. Yeah, really yeah. dope. Uh, you know, cool. and so he does this kind of thing. Uh, he's got a song about purity. He's, he's, he's who I, he's like who I'd want my kids listening to if they're a Christian. Totally. To Christian yeah, yeah. You know, because he's questioning the things. He's questioning the president. He's questioning things that are happening in our society. While most of the that religious right is, is accepting everything that's going on and, and supporting everything that's going on, I think that's yeah one of maybe one of the things with people's perception of whatever Christian music is is a lack of critical engagement yeah. with anything, um, and which is part of like mainstream political Christianity now is exactly that yeah. don't critically you know you believe this so yeah. yeah to see somebody doing that that's really awesome. Um, that last track was thanks. That's the final album on the uh, the final song on the album this is a remix of track five uh called tiktok um done by stro elliott um yes. who we've talked about and played music from a lot on this podcast of the, uh, the percussions and, and now of the roots the legendary roots group it's amazing so probably uh yeah Probably one of the coolest things that happened this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I really enjoyed this album. You know, again, this is one of those scenes that you definitely are way more know way more about because you were involved yeah. with them all and stuff like that. So I learned a lot today, and I haven't thought that deeply about Christian music in a while, so or probably ever. So that was a really cool conversation. Um, so yeah, uh, check out the album. There'll be links up. Uh, we'll put up the link for the older album blog. You want you guys to check out as well um i've got the band camp link up so if you want to send a few bucks and buy the album you can do that um but let's finish it out by saying the next time you hear from us it'll be episode 100 100 i think we're going to record it at the studio and so it's going to sound much different than all the other episodes. way better um and i think wade is going to come on with us our normal special guest and he told me the other night at the show that um he's been taking some notes and he's ready. <laughs> so he's ready for us, man. He I don't oh, know. Oh god. I couldn't I was trying to pick up the look in his eye when he <laughs> said that and he's like, what? what is like but um so oh, yeah, no. really he's oh, he's no. ready to roll. No. Oh, no. Yeah, I think he's gonna have some questions for oh, us god, and oh, stuff. God, so oh, he's, god, oh, yeah. God, oh, god, oh, god. 
Um, so wait, I know you're listening. Uh, we'll have this. Re- we'll record that in the next couple weeks or so. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. He told me he had notes. I was like, oh shit, this should be good. Yes. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. But yeah, we're very much looking forward to that, and we'll think of yeah. something cool to do. Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty excited for episode 100. That's uh, yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, that's more than I'm stuck out for a lot of things. So yeah. hey. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, like you said at the beginning of the show, dopemedianetwork.com. Find us on Satchel Player, Comprehensive Beatdown. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Comp Beatdown. Check us out on Facebook, Comprehensive Beatdown. Give us a like, share some of our posts. Yeah. Um, support, you know, us and other podcasts yeah. that you like. Because it's pretty, it's getting to be a pretty big thing. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Um, and shout out to uh, Solo. Great album, bro. Um, I, I really like it. I've listened to it probably 10 times already. Nice. So, um, good stuff. Uh, congratulations, Josh, on another, you know, another great release. And um, yeah. Well, hell cool. yeah. Check Good it episode out. for a Sunday. Yeah. And it's time to go binge watch some more TV. Yes. Um, normal Back Sunday to the couch. Shit. Yeah, I, I literally <laughs> stayed up till like <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning working on a PowerPoint that I have due on Tuesday. Uh-huh. So I could not have shit to do after we recorded today. That's so. the adultest, non-adult thing. Oh, I know, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I stayed up to 1 working on a PowerPoint so Sunday I could s- lay around in bed all day. And right. Watch, exactly. You know, binge watch TV. Exactly. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> but... As always, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back in a week or two with episode 100. Um, we'll do something fun for you guys. But until then, we are Comprehensive Beatdown, and I am Silent G. Peace. Peace. <laughs>